Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries podcast, and in this second RPGNA 2019 episode, we're going to talk about the second word, which is unique. Now, you su- what were you suggesting as talking about for this, Lou? Well, something that's always unique within D&D, or within any RPGs, rather, is like the GM's own personal take on a particular setting or world and how as it progresses over time as your players add to it and it evolves it becomes even more unique Um, so you could have uh, a really generic D&D world that somebody started running games in when they were 16 and then because they've built on it and built on it and they've had influence from various different players over years that there's people that are still running the same game world 30 years later only of course it isn't the same game world because it's advanced so much through all that gameplay yeah I mean I think you make a good point but when we were just chatting about this before we started recording I was saying oh, well, I don't really have like a unique game world of my own that I've been running I've run various different settings but then as you say when you think about it even if you take something like ridiculously generic like Forgotten Realms Every person's going to run their Forgotten Realms campaign or their Greyhawk campaign or whatever a little bit differently, which is going to make it different to the next person's game and the person after that's game. And I suppose, I suppose we all have sort of like common elements that we we sort of tend to draw into our games. I mean, I know for myself because I'm like a big fan of like the Cthulhu mythos. There's always some sort of like cosmic horrors or like sort of horror element in my games, just because that's something I enjoy and I tend to lean more towards the sort of slightly darker sort of fantasy vibe just again because that's what I enjoy and a lot of the people I've played with that's the sort of game they tend to enjoy so if you're going to describe your your the elements that you sort of pull into your own games what would you say they were um shiny light heroes solving big problems that tends to be the themes of my games yeah, you go for a bit more um, of the sort of like larger than life, sort of like heroic sort of I very much do. That's one of the heroes. reasons that I'm really enjoying using the fate system at the moment. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but it's been so long since I've run any D&D. Well, that's all right, I know you're running Star Trek at the minute. So. Well, yeah, uh, the Trek game, obviously that's got its very own unique world and in bringing a new player into that recently... We've had some sort of. We, we've had to do like a quick recap of what's like unique to this world, and I think it's taken me about three, four sessions to really get him into where the world is now compared to where it is in the show because we're twenty years after the end of Voyager. Well, I mean, I, I can certainly. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I quite like Star Trek. I like my sci-fi as well. But I can certainly see why it does appeal to you because obviously Star Trek is that sort of big shiny light heroes. Yeah, that... And the other element that I always have there is this: um, here's a problem. There's not necessarily a bad guy, but something bad's going to happen if the player characters don't intervene. But if they do intervene, something else bad might happen. All that big ethical dilemma that I love watching played out on Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, and like you say, if you there's a lot. Even if you look at just the Star Trek TV series, 
there's a lot of different sort of themes in there. So obviously you've got the slightly more sort of militaristic sort of like war style footing you get in like DS9. You've got the whole like oh lost in space vibe of like Voyager. You've got the sort of the continuation of like the classic series in Next Generation, but still it's quite different. But they're all still recognisably Star Trek, and they all still have those like larger than. And I'm not mentioning Dis- Discovery. <laughs> Thank that, you for that, darling. That they they all still they all still have those like larger than life heroes and that whole idea that in the future we mankind can potentially be something better. Every child will have a full belly and know how to read. Yeah, that's that sort of thing. <laughs> but I suppose as well, that's almost like a, a sort of metaphor for. Well, we're talking about people run games, and each one of them brings something different, even if they start with the same sort of colour palette of ingredients. So, even though you've got everyone who did like a series after the original series, sort of had that there as their basis, all the different directors and writers came to it and sort of bought their own different thing to the series. This in the same is way very much game. true in the game that we're talking about at the moment because we swap and change GMs. Oh, right, okay. And you know when I'm running an episode, it's going to be one of those. When Dave runs an episode, it's probably going to be like an action drama sort of a thing. Uh, Rob's runs some really like brain-twisting sci-fi, which has been amazing good fun. Um, Bill ran a very entertaining episode, well, series of episodes that were... Uh, intended to become a script for an entirely different show. <laughs> I'll just sort that cat out, shall I? Yeah, if you just hear that there, that's our cat realising we're both in the room and wanting yes, it in on the action. Yes, yes. Goodbye. Good girl. Okay, so I think we've probably talked about the, the second uh, day unique for long enough so we're going to wrap up there and move on to our third episode so hopefully we'll catch you there